Welcome to 70 Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on their quest to find love. I am Jen Sanford. That voice is Kyle Marshall. It's Friday night. How are you, Kyle? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, things probably could be better. It's a bit warm. It's a bit sweaty in the city here this week. Mm, and uh, we'll, we'll probably get into it about some other things that are going on in my life. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, this is such a redeeming episode for me. As you can tell, I sound better. Uh, yeah. I have to I have to tell you that, you know, listening back to last week's episode where I like had that guttural cry out to you where I was like, Kyle, I'm never doing that again. I mean, certainly it was met with the sympathy of, you know, nothing. So that sucks. But <laughs> well, I, I promise that I will have a breakdown at least two more times in the next year. So yeah, that's okay. you can look forward to that. Mm -hmm, always. Uh, but this, this week is a, in the spirit of the stampede, which has come and gone in the city. I'm getting back on the mm -hmm. horse this week. So um, let's, um, let's kind of get at that relationship scorecard just to, just to start. So ding, ding, here yeah. we go. How are you, Kyle? You want to go first? <laughs> like we're both I guess I could trying not to go first. So go ahead, Kyle. I think I mentioned that I am going on dates with this man that we affectionately on this podcast to protect people's identities, we affectionately call Legolas. He somewhat resembles Orlando Bloom circa 2001, who, to be fair, peak Bloom. We can all agree on that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think he's pretty handsome now. I don't know if that was Is peak Bloom. Oh, yeah, for sure. Regardless, I think I brought up here, whether it was last week or the week before, because what is time, that I was a bit, I was a bit concerned because of some inconsistencies with communication where it seemed to You're being long. so nice. You were being so nice. This is the <laughs> difference between us is that you're like, there are some inequities with communication. And I'm like, I'm, dating a, That's what I'm was doing. dating a bullshit communicator. So, okay, carry on, carry mm -hmm. on. Like how nice you're being. Okay, carry you're being on. You're so nice. But then, but then. But then. Things have kind of come to a head. We did have this one last really great night together here, I'm, I don't know, seven, eight days ago. And that was great. Congratulations. I do think it was really great. You know, we were, we were connecting. We were, we were aligned on so many things. Great conversation. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This might be relationship material. This is the things are looking up. Then I asked, like, why don't we just hang out here on, on this, like, past Saturday? You know, we had made plans. We knew where we were going. Everything was laid out. And then that morning, he phones up and is like, uh, I'm actually kind of sick, so I don't. It felt very much like, you know, you've, everyone has probably done this at least once in their life of, like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, boss. Like, I'm so I'm a little bit under the weather. And I just really want to cram in season two of the Gilmore Girls today. So I am going to be oh taking God. a day off work. Okay. Anyway, so I was like, oh, okay, that was kind of disappointing. But I knew looking forward that this past Tuesday was a really special day for me. And so he had offered to be like, hey, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to buy you dinner. Everything's going to be on me. It's going to be this perfect night. I was like, this is awesome. This is cool. And so Tuesday comes around. I did verify like earlier in the day, like everything's still cool. Yes, everything's cool. I usually text people uh, when I leave my house. So I'm like, hey, just leave me now. See you when I get there because I was going to his house. Yep. Partway there, he texts back like, hey, running a bit late. I'm, I'm not going to be there right on time. That's totally cool. There's this little coffee shop 
next to his place. So I'm like, I can spend a little bit of time there. So I go over there, get my little oat latte, and I sit and like scroll through Twitter and look at how the world is crumbling into a abysmal crater. Mm-hmm. As we all do. As, As we, we do. all do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late, 30 minutes late. And I'm like, there's been no texts to follow up with this. So I send out a text. I'm like, hey, like any ETA on when you're going to be here? Are you dead? Yeah, no response. So now we're getting up to 40 minutes late, 50 <gasps> I'm minutes out. late. Why do you, we've talked about hour. this. Why do you wait there? Just here's a, here's a quick question. I get a second oat latte just because I feel I bad say. for sitting in someone's chair and using their space. So I'm you wired feel bad. to the gills. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm also starving. Like those are like feeding me. They're not sating my, my actual hunger. So I'm hungry. I'm just drinking lattes. It gets to be that hour point. And I'm like, I, I can't. I can't just sit here anymore. So I... I can't believe that comes to you at the 50-minute mark. <laughs> like, uh, that comes uh-huh. to me at the seven-minute mark. But okay, okay, okay. You're a good person. So you've, you've waited. And at this point, are you just... Like, what are you feeling? Because I would just be teeming with rage at this point. No, it's not rage. It's just being... I feel dejected and unwanted. So I go inwards where you go outwards. Outward. This is always the difference between us, Jen. That's right. That's right. Uh, this is also... I just noticed the difference. You cut and run very early <laughs> for like dates. And I don't. I, st- I stick that's it out. Right. Whereas that's in relationships, right. you stick it out way longer than what I <laughs> would be willing to. And you cut and run. That is, that is probably... the Put that in the promo. That is the perfect way <laughs> to describe the two of us. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I still kind of stick around the area. I go for a walk next to the river. I'm enjoying the day out there. Um, I go to a few different little shops. But like, it's been 90 minutes past when he was supposed to be there. No communication whatsoever. Do you ever at this point think, oh, he's been hurt? Well, there's a little bit of that too, right? It's like, did something actually happen? Like, I'm genuinely concerned. But regardless, I decide, okay, fine. Not going to come. The special day is now not going to be celebrated. And what special day was it, Kyle? Oh, it's my bris. <laughs> uh, that's what I was celebrating. No, uh, no it, was my, it was my birthday. Okay, I, I shouldn't yeah, be I, dancing around it. It's my birthday. I feel like you're burying the lead that it was mm-hmm. your birthday. And this person knew it was your birthday. Correct. And they planned something, well planned, and then completely and utterly ghosted me. And so... This next prayer is going to sound way sadder than it actually is. Oh, but I, I drove exactly to like my favorite thing. or one of my favorite little restaurants up here where I live. And I ordered myself a little poutine and I ordered myself my little cider that I like to drink. And I sang happy birthday to myself under my breath and then ate my poutine. That sounds way sadder than <laughs> probably oh what it is. But that is, that is how I celebrated my, my, my last birthday. And then I go home and like watch a movie uh, and everything is good. At 11.30 that night is when he texted me and his, <gasps> his text was, hey, sorry. End of text. And I left him on red because good I was like, you. no, I don't. Uh, you don't deserve this. And I'm gesturing now at my body. You don't deserve <laughs> this anymore. And I think uh, we're done. I shouldn't say I think we're done. We are done. Yes. Yes. Have you been tempted to text him and be like, you are a jerk and an asshole and all these other, like, how do you not let that come out? No, I think he should apologize more. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm going to feed his ego. Yes. There you go. See, this is your smart man. You're a smart mm-hmm. man. Because most people would pick the low hanging fruit and be like, what's the matter with you? Na, 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 na. And then that person's justified to be like, ooh, crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Crazy. Good thing right. I stayed away. So, but uh, how did you celebrate my birthday, Jen? Yeah, well, it's important to note that weeks prior, I was like, hey, you're, it's your birthday. And this is the last birthday of your 30s, which I think is important to commemorate. Yeah. And I was like, I can I do something with you? Because I think we're kind of friends, maybe a little bit. And so would you like to, you know, do something? And you were like, uh, not with you. So I was, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's so fine. That's my a misrepresentation of what that conversation was like. Entire representation. And you were like, mm. no, it's fine. I have plans. And then I was like, okay, that's fine. And so I carry on with my life because I, I, I'm done sitting and waiting for Kyle Marshall. I'm taking your advice. I don't sit and wait for you. And um, I'm living my best life. And you're like, hi, this happened. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I go into crisis mode and I'm like a fixer. I'm like, okay, let's get out the checklist. So we have tires to slash and we have, <laughs> we got to find a place to eat and I got to get in the shower and I, we got to be looking good. We got to salvage the day. And this is what drives me crazy about you is that my greatest strength as a friend is my ability to salvage like i can take something that's going bad and make it better unless it's a relationship with a man we're learning i can't do anything there but i <laughs> in every other case of my life i can make it better and you refuse to let me make it better you're like no i'm going to have sad poutine i'm like no sad poutine get on get on your jacket we're going to major tom's like get not yet a sponsor but should be and you know we're going out we're going out we're gonna go dancing we'll go glow bowling i don't care and you're like no it's fine i'm just gonna go and be alone and i'm like no no you're not and i think it's dangerous that i know where you live Mm -hmm. because i was like i'm going over there I'm going over there. And then you were like, no. Yeah, I was entirely anticipating you knocking on my door and me being in my pajamas being like, oh, hi, Jen. I know. How's it going? And then I thought that would just make it worse for him. Because then he'd be like, no, I don't want to. And then I got to debate at your door. But I Mm -hmm. do think that you, yeah, this should be a lesson for you that birthdays are reserved for the ride or die. I guess there's there's always next year, Jen. By the way, I also went to the racetrack once and just lost a whole ton of money betting on sad poutine. (laughs) <laughs> the worst day of my life. <laughs> okay. Well, but so it's over with this guy. So you're oh, Tinder. Oh, totally over. Yeah. Your so Tinder I'm back conquest. on the grind on Grinder. I was going to say. My voice just cracked there too. So I'm also 13 years old. No, you, your, your Grinder pursuit had you balancing three at, three at one time. Now you're over three. So you're, you're back That's on. Right. I, this is the third bear. This is baby bear is now a bear rug on my, on my floor. That's right. That's right. So you're, you're back on Grinder, And what's the pursuit now? Like what's the plan now? I don't know. I think my problem is, is that not that it hasn't happened and not that it isn't possible, but as we all kind of know intuitively is that Grindr is sort of reserved to mostly hookups. Like yes. predominantly that is what people are on there for. Even the people that are like looking for long-term relationship is like, really you're looking here to hook up. So I don't know if Grindr is the best place to go. So I don't know. If I should be looking at different apps or trying different things or trying speed dating or whatever it happens to be. I, I don't know. I don't know what my next move necessarily is. I don't know. What's your advice, Jen? What would you I say think, to say I to think me? you need to date a woman now. You've been, <laughs> you've been only dating men now for, for a little bit. Like, do you, do you think maybe it's time to, to put a woman in the mix? Um, I mean, I don't, I guess I just don't see it. This is going to sound like the wokest Gen Z comment I'm about to make. It's like, I don't look at things in the gender binary, Jen. Like, that's basically what I was about to say, which is true. I don't, doesn't really, that isn't really how I look at things. I will say this though, for the people who identify as women, tell them to swipe right on me because I literally get no swipe rights. 
<laughs> I have matched. I've done my uh, due diligence. I find of like the people I find attractive, but I, n- I never get any matches with them. So I don't know what's up with that. Well, as you know, we're working. We're working very hard to bring on Tinder as a sponsor. Right. That mm-hmm. that universe remains open to us, and we're trying to make sure we're the right fit. And so I'm. Sp- spending time on 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 tinder trying to figure out what this looks like and try to figure out what the you know the algorithms are, are right or wrong for us and i keep i keep matching with your profile it probably happens like once a like every time i'm on there i'm like oh there's kyle and i have to say that your your profile really reads your pro I, your profile needs work i want to yeah, just I think give you're you, right there your profile needs work because it really reads like you're really closed off and i think that that's keeping you from women who identify as women i think it's I think it's keeping them from you because you're not like your warmness isn't captured there. You don't even have a single picture of you smiling. Well, I don't think my smile is my best trait. But secondly, to I that, do. Wait, whoa, pause. That's <laughs> not for you to decide. Yes, it is. Do you think it's the do you think it's the description that says ain't nobody going to change this man? Is that is that <laughs> like pushing people away? <laughs> sure sure no but i do think that there's something to be i do think i do think you're right though i think i think my profile needs work yeah Yeah, you yeah your profile needs needs some work and i that comes from a place of love because you're like warm and kind and generous and caring i hear not with me but i hear with other people and that really doesn't i don't think that that's necessarily coming coming true Mm. i mean i don't know what your grinder profile looks like but again grinder serves a different purpose yeah, it serves the purpose that Tinder used to serve. It's true. Yeah. Jen, what are your relationships looking like? Oh, I am fueled by rage. I am mm-hmm. fueled by rage about the circumstances that I'm in. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I've got everything pushed away from me as I experience rage. I'm like a cautious Hulk. I'm like, oh, I feel it coming <laughs> on. So I like close and lock all the doors. And that's where I'm at. I've got everybody. Jesus. Jesus is on ice, which I know is your favorite ice capades as a child. Um, whoa, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean on ice? I thought he was done. I he was no, out. no, Jesus what? is on ice. Jesus Why? is on ice. No, no, he's on. He's on ice as I make just decisions. He's on ice. Jesus is on ice. He should be sent back to the kitchen. He should not be on ice. <laughs> you think so? Think yeah. it's done? I think you need a refund. You need a refund. Oh, refund. You're yeah. Done. If there's one thing women know about relationships is that they're never getting a refund. They're never. <laughs> there's no exchanges, no refunds. No, I'm. Uh, I'm just put everything on ice. I'm just focused on. Okay, who do I want to be? What do I want? This is my last big career pivot. Uh, I'm thinking about going back to school. I'm thinking about doing a bunch of stupid things. So I. Um. I'm just kind of getting all the voices out of my head while I kind of think about what do I want? Because like you said, Kyle, I have a tendency to like re-engineer my life to make the people comfortable around me. And if there's one thing I'm at war at right now, it's loyalty. I'm like mm-hmm. making everything work for everybody else. And then I'm like, how come people aren't helping me to make it work for me? And then I'm like, oh, cause that's not people's job. That's my job. So I'm getting a little bit selfish and I'm getting a little bit focused. I'm, I think I'm in a full-time relationship with my Peloton now. Like I wake <laughs> up in the morning and I'm like, hello lover. And late in the evening, I'm like, you want to, you want to play? So it's just me and the Peloton. Peloton, not yet a sponsor. And the Peloton sometimes says, I have a headache. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. I don't want to be ridden today. Yeah. So that's my super sad relationship okay. scorecard. So Kyle, we're, we're suck. We suck. God, we're sucking. We are so, for the people who tune in week to week, they must be like, these couple of sad sacks. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's right. Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, where depression hurts. Remember those old commercials? Where does depression hurt? It hurts here and mm-hmm. here. It hurts right here on Friday night. I want to talk about 
I want to talk about the fishbowl for a second, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Pull your keys out. But leave mine in. Thank you. Leave mine in. Um, so I want to talk about this idea of like react and respond. Like our brains are like a whole thing, right? Like we have this little piece in our brain in the dead center called the amygdala and, and it sort of gets pumping and then we can't think straight at all. Right. And, you know, the more gray matter we have in our brain, the more resilient we are. Um, so when we respond to situations, we pump that gray matter into our brain. And when we react to situations like animals, we just don't help our brains at all. And we as people, you know, even thinking about, you know, younger generations of ourselves, you know, we as people, we got a lot of problems to solve, right? It's hard to make a dollar, hard to keep that dollar. So, you know, we have a lot of problems to solve. We have problems in our relationships. We have problems with ourselves. You know, we have, you know, problems in society. We have, you know, systemic inequities that we're trying to solve. We have a lot of places that we have to sort of portion out our time. When I taught in a university setting as part of like, I don't know, a Make-A-Wish initiative or anybody gets a turn, I can't believe they let me educate young people. I used to always do this thing at the beginning of an interpersonal communications course I took. I would give everybody a hundred pennies, which I have to acknowledge mm -hmm. that a new generation of people are going to be like, pennies or what? <laughs> what are pennies? It's true. We should say to an international audience in Canada, <laughs> there are no such thing as pennies anymore. That's true. We don't have the penny. They are not minted. Because it costs more money than it, uh, than it takes right. to use them. So I would give everyone 100 pennies, a roll of 100 pennies, which is a buck. And I would say, portion these pennies into your life. Like, tell me how many pennies you have allotted to the stressors in your life. And everyone would make a joke about not having enough pennies. But the point of it would be that people would sort of say like, okay, I, you know, I have this course that I'm failing. So I've got, you know, 30 pennies here. You know, I have a boyfriend. He sucks. <laughs> it's 70 pennies here. And I'd say, great. Now go through it again and ask yourself how many pennies should belong where they are. And they would, a lot of them would pull money out of relationships. And some people would put more money into health and wellness and fitness. And um, some people would focus on, you know, I remember one kid, he put 25 pennies in forgiveness. He said, I'm mad at everybody. And I carry that like a bag of rocks. So I would put money toward forgiveness so that I could probably let that go and put that somewhere else. I thought that was really wise for a kid from a farm town who was 17 years old at the time. And then I would always ask the question, how come you guys never put any money in savings? Like people always allotted all their pennies, which we do, mm -hmm. right? And so I just want to ask you, Kyle, in the spirit of reacting and responding to your environment, how would you allot your pennies? Uh, you, you might have warned me that you were going to give me mm -hmm. this activity before we started uh, recording, I thought about this and I'm sure that there's something I'm forgetting, but honestly, the, the things that came to mind right away is that 60 of those pennies, that's six zero. So 60 of those pennies would be spent worrying about money. There's literally where all of my mental energy and the vast majority of my mental energy is placed on every, on any given day. It's what I wake up thinking about. It's what I go to bed thinking about. It's basically what I'm doing most of the day. 20 is spent on work. So taking calls, editing. I do audio editing for my, for my job for the most bit of it. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. 20 pennies worth of that would be focused on that. Uh, 10 of it would be watching movies because I do watch a lot of them. That's kind of how I try to relax in the evening. Five on trying to pursue relationships. And then uh, the remaining five, uh, like just generalized existential dread, waiting the eldritch horror of the end of the world. <laughs> uh, something like that. Okay, so according to my math, which I think we can all acknowledge is questionable, you have, does focusing on relationships make you feel more or less resilient? 
Like when you're out swiping mm. around, going on dates, do you feel like that's building toward positive or do you feel like it's negative? I think it's a net positive, but I do like attention. And I think that's what it gives me is that, ooh, people are talking to me or they're looking at me and that fills some of the dopamine inside of my brain. Yeah. Okay. So on that topic of the entire way you've constructed your life currently, 35%, 35 cents goes to helping you mitigate the 65 cents of hell you're putting yourself through. Sure. <laughs> That's bad banking. But I'm not better because when I sent you mine, I was like, I am 40% panic. Panic mm. about everything. Panic that my teeth are going to randomly fall out. Panic. Like the other day, someone was like, hey, do you want some of this caramel popcorn? I was like, I would love it. I don't have dental. <laughs> and that's a weird way to think at 39. 45% on Jesus, which 5% on fitness, 5% on this podcast, 5% trying to stay organized. So I'm not much better than you. I think my math yields out to be the same. I've got all my stuff. I've got all my money portioned into things that don't yield me a return on investment because right. they're they're not they're not they're not fueling me. They're not making me money. They're costing me money. And then I again we both put no money in savings. No Correct. money for like, hey, this could happen and who would we be? So I think that we have hard problems that we have to solve to create more resilience for our life. That's the linchpin of today's podcast. We have hard problems that we need to solve. So that we can create more resilience so that we can live a better life. Like you have problems you need to solve. I have problems I need to solve. But when I went through the fishbowl and I really have been, remember I've been saying to you like this fishbowl is getting really chaotic because people mm -hmm. are listening when we say throw anything in there. So I combed through the fishbowl and I looked for people whose relationships were crowding their resilience, whose relationships, in my opinion, were too many pennies for them. And, and therefore costing them too many of their resilience. These are, without a doubt, the hardest questions we have in the fishbowl. And so in the spirit of getting hard, mm. I thought we would take on the hardest questions we have in the fishbowl. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm going to hopefully, I'm going to hope that my mental capacity is enough to answer these questions, but it's never been before. So. Stop it. Just a reminder, we're totally unqualified, but here we go nonetheless. <clears throat> Question one. My boyfriend throws things out of anger. This is not the first time he's tried to attack me. Last time when we had some heated conversations, he threw a water bottle away, not at me, but toward a mirror. Sometimes he throws away blankets or pillows in a similar way for having a fight in bed. He uses bad and abusive words during a fight. And today I was in my online meeting and he wanted to go out and asked where his slippers were. I told him near the shoe rack and continued on my meeting. After two minutes, I was frightened by a sudden noise, probably kicking the door, and I thought he was coming to attack me. When I turned, he was standing in the doorway saying, what happened? Give me my slippers, as if he did nothing. I immediately had to cut my meeting short to give him his slippers. I'm confused sometimes whether this is domestic violence or not. Basically, I'm not being harmed, but it is something that is affecting my mental state. I'm having a feeling he will probably hit me someday in the future. I've been in this relationship for three and a half years now. Kyle? I feel like I'm going to be stepping into the Jennifer Sanford role <laughs> in this week because I'm going to say get out. I, I, you, you say that I'm not being harmed. But you are being harmed. That's what I was going to say. But, but you are. You're being mentally harmed. You're being, a mental, or you're being mentally abused by a man who is a 12-year-old asking for his slippers to be put onto his feet. I, I think it's time to cut and run. These are violent tendencies. Yes, he might not be actually striking you physically, but this is such a huge red flag to get out of the relationship to me. 
Yeah, and and it's acknowledged by the writer when she says, I'm having a feeling he will probably hit me someday in the future. What are you just like hanging on to wait to see if you were right? Listen, like I've, I feel like I've said this a lot on this podcast. There are a lot of people on this planet. There is somebody or somebodies for everybody. And that does not have to include someone who clearly doesn't have the emotional capability to be in a relationship that's positive. This is actually strikingly not difficult. The only reason I put it in the fishbowl today is because so often we have received questions from people who have said, this behavior is deplorable, it scares me, but it's not all the time, so I guess it's okay. And I think the advice that I want to provide is, I think I think once is enough. I don't think you need mm-hmm. to be, I've said this before, I don't think you need to be a collector of red flags. I think one is enough. One is enough. Yeah, well, I, and I don't think that... I think this is a recurring theme, too, of people saying, well, it's not physical abuse, therefore, therefore. I should be able to endure it. And I uh, I reject that notion. But <laughs> if it's I think, causing you mental distress, then I think it's time to go. And I think, the, take a step back, go to Kyle's coffee shop, pull out a pen and a piece of paper. You have to have at least two lattes. Oat lattes. And make a list on a fresh piece of paper of the things that you will not tolerate in a relationship. The things that you take a deep breath and just say, I do not want this to be part of loving someone. And I bet you all of the behavior that he's been exhibiting will be on it. And then Mm -hmm. you'll know. You, Because you know in your heart of hearts, like you're just writing in to have us tell us what you want to hear. Let us joyfully give you what you want in telling you that it's time for you to pack up your things and say that you deserve more and go to a safe space and begin again. Next question. How do you cope with anger after a breakup? I am so angry at my ex and I don't want to be. I am just so angry at her for how she treated me the whole month before breaking up with me, for how she misled me, for how easily she just stopped caring about me, for all the things I did for her that she just forgot. But I want to move on. And I don't want this negativity in my life. I don't want this anger to mark a two-year-plus relationship. How do I cope with my anger post-breakup? Well, here is my completely unqualified advice for this one, Jen. Anytime I have found myself in a similar situation where like I'm having this feeling and I don't want to be having this feeling, you don't get to rationalize yourself out of that feeling. Yeah, it's all great and nice to be like, well, I shouldn't be feeling this, but you are. So you kind of have to like lean into the skid a bit, which is like, if you're angry, be angry, not in another person, but this is like a great time to literally go and find a punching bag or something that you can just like kind of let it out or drive to your favorite secluded location and just scream your head off like this something to let you get through it just be mad for a bit because the thing that's going to happen is that if you quote unquote move on get another person in your life a new relationship that anger is totally going to seep out in real in retaliation to the next person that's in your life and you don't want that either so i go be mad scream punch things get it out of your system be mad for a bit so that you can kind of move on. Punch inanimate things. Right. Yeah, I, I do think that anger is, anger is like matter. If you don't do something with it, it transforms into something else far more toxic for you. And I think that if this person doesn't let it go, take the time. Like, it's okay. You're, I think I'm right with you, Kyle. If you're okay, it's okay to just be like, this sucked. It's mm-hmm. okay to feel your feelings, right? And, and, and find constructive ways, like run run like that's Mm -hmm. why i'm on my peloton every day twice a day is because i'm just i'm so mad that i'm just like i'm just gonna pedal this little bike quietly in my basement with headphones on You got all the way to seattle today jen you are (laughs) (laughs) just 
That's right. Some rage. And then of course when I yeah, exactly. It's like a euphemism for my life when I'm like, yeah, of course, pedaling and going nowhere, euphemism for my life. <laughs> um, but I think my concern would be that if you don't if you don't find an outlet for this, if you don't just like let it out and and you'll never get to two spots, which is being able to let it go and mm-hmm. being able to find the learning and the lessons in it. Like, did I give too much of myself? Was I too loyal? Uh, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. You know, did I give too much of myself? Did I you know, was I with a, a person that was a taker and not a giver? Like, did I, you know, did I, did I, was I the best of myself? Like the things you need to learn in order to do this better the next time, because so often, so often we see anger become mistrust in a next relationship, right? They're mm-hmm. so angry that then they go into the next relationship and they can't let go. They can't trust. They can't find comfort and joy. They're just not their best selves. And then it burns them out of a second relationship that probably had more promise than the first, right? So I think if this person, and thank you in for, for, for writing, if you don't let it out and find an outlet for it, you're going to continue to carry it. And carrying anger is a horribly heavy, toxic thing to carry, I think. I agree. All right. My boyfriend of two years broke up with me in January. He told me he didn't love me. And I saw the day after he broke up with me that he took our last condom out to boys night. Ooh, I was heartbroken. I started dating around and went on four or five first dates and never talked to those guys again. I had a one night stand with a guy and did other sexual things with another. Ooh, scandalo. Fast forward to maybe three months later. And now me and my ex have gotten back together. And now he has resentment toward me and is struggling mentally to look at me the same way as he did before the split. He says that I can't see it from a man's point of view. Kyle, you're a man. Please help. Oh, I love it when they, I love it when they siphon us off. Like, I only want to hear from Kyle. I say this as a man in the most affectionate way possible, which is I have no fucking idea what he's talking about. (laughs) I don't know what what he's talking about. You had broken up. I don't think you have to feel embarrassed or bad about what you chose to do and how you chose to uh, experience your own sexuality when you were not dating this other person. If he can't get over that, that is his problem. And so he can maybe go deal with that by himself. I see his point of view. Oh my God. (laughs) No, I do see his point of view. It's not mature. And it's not right, but I see his point of view. I think for him, he's thinking, I wanted to explore the full sense of what I was. And my understanding would be that you would be heartbroken and loyal and you wouldn't just be able to replace Mm -hmm. me and go out and be your best sexual self. And now he sees her as someone who in the beginning, you know, she should have been lucky to be with him. And now she's shown him, I can go out and be with other people. I, I have power too. And I think it's the power shift that is he's struggling with. He's struggling with the power shift of saying, oh my God, like she just went out and was with all these other men. She's a real person. She's a real person. That's exactly, I think, what his point of view is. And I think that's an incredibly immature point of view. And this brings you back to the whole thing. I bet you these two, from what I'm sensing from this, are quite young. And I just don't think you can get back with an ex if you dated them before you were 25. (laughs) I think that should be a rule. Don't you think, Kyle? What do you think of that? Yeah, someone should write. Let's let's uh, lobby Parliament. I think if you <laughs> want undying loyalty, you should get a dog. Yeah. Don't don't have sex with the dog, but I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> I was gonna say, what do I say here that will get caught in editing? Yeah, no, yeah, like I think he's dealing with the fact that she was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna sit here and wait for you. 
and then he was there might be some grasses greener here on this kyle i think so. um well do you feel like you gave good advice because she just wanted to hear from you I don't think I just gave good advice. I gave great advice. <laughs> okay. Put that in the promo. Like, only a man can, Jen. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Next question. My boyfriend took a job without telling me and expects me to do long distance. I'm 20, 20 years old and my boyfriend is 21 years old. My boyfriend took a job without telling me and expects me to do long distance. His family lives in BC, but we live in Alberta. I understand that he misses them and has been telling him to move. He kept reassuring me that he wasn't going to move and that he'd just be visiting them. Now, two days ago, he told me that he was offered a job there and he wants us to do long distance. He didn't even tell me he was applying for jobs in BC. So now I'm super hurt. We've been together for almost two years and he couldn't even tell me he was planning on moving. He's giving his current job two weeks notice tomorrow and then he's leaving around the 25th. I literally got the same notice as this job. I don't know what to do. I don't want our relationship to be over, but it's obvious that I'm not a priority for him. I don't want to do long distance. I also don't want to completely lose him. I've been crying for the last two days. Help. What a fucking dick move. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Uh, I'm glad that she put in how long that they've been dating because... I was going to go off on a completely different tangent here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so glad that she put in how long they've been dating for. Because just to put a fine point onto it, I know that Jen and I have a very deep disagreement about this very specific fact as evidence from last week's episode. <laughs> but like, if you had been dating for two weeks, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, who cares? Like he decided to do a, get a better opportunity and he's pursuing his better opportunity. And within two weeks, he has no loyalty towards you. Because it's been two years, I think this is a very different situation. And the fact that he didn't sit down and tell you that he was looking for other jobs in different places, not just a dick move, but is like totally disregards your feelings, the relationship and everything else in between. So I totally get that you don't want to do long distance. You don't really want to move out there. You probably have your own career and stuff that you're worrying about. So Well, it doesn't even seem like she was asked. Well, that in the end, I think that's the the deeper problem that's going on here you are 20 years old you have so much time in your life i think without him actually saying the words he's making it very clear that his future does not include you or that he doesn't really care that much if you come along i would uh maybe go to the mall go to aldo what's a good luggage brand i have no idea go buy what luggage go buy, go luggage. buy luggage and move get out pack your things Okay, so I have a kind of a different take on this. And I think I might reveal just how unqualified I am. So this was submitted by a girl named Maddie. So I'm just going to talk to you directly. Maddie, Madison, Maddie, listen to me. You are in a relationship with value. You are in a relationship with value. And the reason why you're so upset is because you realize that this partner that you've invested in and loved and hoped to have been loved in return does not value you. And especially when we're young, we have a tendency to say, if you don't value me, I can convince you. So I'm going to hang on. And then we hang on and it just gets worse from there. You just have to manage by fact here, Maddie. He didn't tell you he was applying for jobs somewhere else. He didn't make an effort to include you. He didn't make an effort to give you a lot of advance notice. And now that you have feelings about this, I'm assuming that he does not value enough to care. Those facts matter. You can't say, oh, but that one time. Oh, but that other thing. What you are presenting us with, which is the information you provided, 
is that this person is carrying on and is saying, you can keep hanging on. It'll probably, you know, be good for me to know that I've got, you know, something to hang on to. But you are hanging on to something that does not have value for you. And if there's one thing that unites us all as a people, it's that we look out to our friends and our family and our community and our workplaces and everywhere we belong and say, do you hear me? Do you see me? And is what I am have value to you? And your partner has now answered that question. And the answer is no. And despite the circumstances, despite the position that you're in, whether it's good or bad or tough or whatever, when the answer is no, it's time to go. And Kyle can be flippant and say, go buy luggage and go. But the reality is, is that you need to step back and you need to have one very small amount of statements that include, thank you for telling me I have no value to you. Best of luck in British Columbia. I don't ever want to hear from you again. Reclaim your value. Reclaim your value for yourself so that you can put yourself in a position to go and be a wonderful, fantastic partner to somebody else and a wonderful, fantastic companion to yourself when you go through this next period of being alone. This, Kyle, to me, this question is about value and not about anything else. And you can conflate it with betrayal and confusion and communication, but this at its core is a question about value. Go find someone who values you. Yeah, exactly. I'm carrying all the financial responsibility and I am sick of it. My boyfriend and I have been together for about a year and moved in together at the six month mark. Oh, there's your first red flag. He's already graduated from college, but I'm still going. He had a job for the first few months we were together, but ended up quitting because he couldn't handle it mentally. We've talked a lot about him going to therapy, discussing how he's struggling with depression. The past eight months, though, I've been the only one working and I pay for everything, even the non-essentials, which mostly go to him. I'm at the point where I don't have any money for myself, despite working my ass off all the time. I'm trying to be as understanding and compassionate about the mental illness aspect of it, but it's really taking its toll on me. I myself have mental health issues, but I drag myself out of bed every day and get my shit done. No one has ever worried about how I feel or what I need. I feel like I'm an asshole by saying I'm getting tired of it, but it's the truth. I cannot be a caretaker forever. I'm at the point where I'm seriously considering leaving, but it feels difficult because I don't want to invalidate his experience of, with depression. I wouldn't want someone to leave me if I was struggling so much, but I feel stuck. I love him so much. He's my everything. I don't want to go. I just don't know what to do or what to think. So yeah, I told you this bowl was going to be hard. This is a tough one. This is the classic podcast example of I want, even though there's a lengthy fishbowl submission, I still would love to have a bit more, more context of what's going on. First things first, I would very greatly urge you never to compare the way that you deal with mental health with somebody else's mental health. It's the same thing with physical pain, right? Sometimes people write it like, is this a 10 to like a one, one person's three is another person's 10. Like it's, it's just not an apples to apples comparison. When it's like, well, I get up every day and they can't. Difference being the caveat here. I want to know if he is making attempts at trying to get better or has brought up like, this is what we should do because as difficult as this situation is, if he is not willing to get better, go see a doctor, try out medication, whatever it happens to be, unfortunately, and as terrible of a choice as it is, that is my signal to cut and run if he's not attempting to do it. If he is and is still struggling, then that is a hard situation to find yourself in because you do have to love someone really hard if it's this taxing on the relationship. So I wish I had a little bit more context. 
Yeah, like I have a far more savage take on this, mm-hmm. as you could imagine that I would. I remember when we had Maria on talking about mental health and she said, don't ever believe that your survival, that someone else's survival is really yes. dependent on you. Yeah, That's right. rarely the case. And a lot of people, I think, get caught in this, like, what will happen to this person if I don't care for them? And, you know, the human condition is more resilient than we believe they are. And usually those people, nine times out of ten, are fine. And your argument is just keeping you standing still because it's rarely the case. I think that matters here a lot for the person who uh, submitted this question. My suggestion would be, like, they're in such a place of inertia, right? Because, you know, she's doing everything and he probably likes it that way. So there's just, they're not moving anywhere. So she's got two situations. She can, she can say, I have to go because I want to, I want to know what it's like to be with a partner who is truly a partner who meets me financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, equally. And you can say that in a way that isn't totally savage and cruel. I feel like this, this, this person who submitted this question needs to go to that coffee shop and sit next to the girl with the uh, boyfriend who throws shit at the mirror. Mm -hmm. And they need to both make a list of things that they will and won't tolerate in a relationship. I am so dismayed by the, the, by the sheer number of questions that we have, especially from young women who are like, I'm in this super shitty thing, but I think this is what I deserve. I would like to really start to have us as a, as a collective challenge how wrong that is. You are entitled to the, the best of everything. You are entitled to the best of everything. And it is okay to be in pursuit and of seeking that thing. I just don't know where we start to think that we're not. And so I I think here, you know, it's a dynamic conversation that sounds a little bit like I want a financial equal. I need a partner. So let's either put together a plan to get you some help or let's decide that we need to be separate. But those yes. are the two choices that are in front of you. Door number one, you get help so that you can get you can get a system and a product and a service and everything that you need behind you to get help. Or door number two, you're on your own. So choose a door. But the door we're currently living in, it's closed now. Yeah. Door number three does have a new car, so stop it. But we empathize with you. You know, mental health is mm. a is a is a is yeah, a tough tricky. thing. It's hard. But you know, you can see her the veneer of that question. Her talking about how it's taking a toll on her mental health. So there you go. Next question. I, a twenty five year old male, cried in front of my girlfriend, twenty two year old female, and now I have super anxiety about it. Yesterday, I was feeling kind of down and tired from work and trying to do everything I want to do, but just can't. And it built up. I saw my girlfriend and everything was fine until the end of the night when the tears just started streaming down my face and I couldn't stop. My girlfriend asked what was wrong and I told her she was very supportive and helped me through it. Honestly, it made me feel so lucky to have her as my girlfriend. She told me just to cry my hardest and I did and I felt better. But now today, I remember it and I feel a little bit of shame and anxiety over it. It's the first time I've cried in front of someone so hard and being so vulnerable in front of someone. I just don't know how I can sleep and I wonder how she feels about it. Help. If only there is a way to find out what she what felt she's about thinking. this. If there's only one way. Oh, this is a tough nut Ooh, to crack. Eesh. This is how society hurts men where it continually communicates that to be a man means that you show no emotion. And if you show emotion in front of a woman, that makes you weak and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. For some reason, TikTok is now believing that I am like a men's rights activist because I get so many videos served to me. It's like, never show emotion in front of a woman. I'm like, why what? do you keep giving me these videos? <laughs> what? Get out of here. Get out of my face. I think by how you describe this, 
This is wonderful. You showed vulnerability in front of another human being. And what did they do? They comforted you and they did not shun you. This is like such a green flag as far as your (laughs) girlfriend is considered. It's a rare green flag that we never have. You should be running towards her so fast and, you know, just asking her the question, like, how (laughs) how did that go for you? What are you feeling after last night? So I don't know. I think. I think this is classic society rules getting into your brain and corrupting you when there's actually nothing wrong what's going on here. Jed, are you going to tell me that you don't like men crying? Because if you do, I'm going to get so upset. I'm going to get so mad. I, uh, I, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about men crying. But before I share oh them with God. you, mm-hmm. before I share them with you, I just want to ask, have you ever cried in front of a partner? Uh, partner, no friends, yes, but not in front of a partner. Not in front of a partner, no. Because I feel like if you did, you'd go through a similar spiral. You'd phone me in the morning and go, "Well, I could never see that person again." Well, if it was on date one, maybe, but no, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. So, if we had Jesus on the podcast right now, I can only just imagine what he would say, and it would be something to the extent as, if Jennifer gets upset or she cries or something happens. She will ghost for like four or five days. I do. I can't. I empathize more than you think with this question because while I do agree with you, Kyle, this is such a green flag. She said, it's okay. Like, you know, just just go ahead and cry your hardest. She created a safe space, a safe, warm space for you, a space that I would never create ever. Oh and this <laughs> says, this is... <laughs> This explains so much. You you admitting to this that you don't like showing emotion in front of other people. You've cried on this podcast. What are I you know. talking about? I know. And I have to tell you that today is the reclamation podcast. And I have had to like, you have no idea what it's taken for me to come back and to let you air that podcast. Because for those of you who want the behind the scenes, Kyle's official job on the podcast is to make sure it gets posted. And I was like, this is going to go bad. I've like texted people and been like, please don't listen, which I think is does nothing more than make them listen. But I, um, yeah, no, those, those things are very rare, but I'm, if I'm one-on-one with a partner, I can tell you that when I lost my job and I cried on Jesus's shoulder, then I was like, okay, thank you. Sorry. I won't come back here. Like that's, that's how I am. And I, I, I remember once saying to a partner, like, I think you need to keep your feelings on the inside, like a winner. Like I've, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I'm always like, let's... I think, that's, I think that's a toxic mentality. Let's not get clouded by our feelings here because we're mm-hmm. trying to achieve a goal of being in a relationship. And people are like, this is why you are single. Yes, relationships, the classic place where no feelings ever come up. No, but some like the hard cry. I don't know. I don't know. I have really mixed feelings. I'm a crier. On- I, uh... I have cried at like Christmas commercials. I don't is there something about the magic of the season. This this totally floors me, Kyle, because you are totally devoid of emotion when you are with me. Are you doing it because you sense about how I am about feelings? Yeah, because you yell at me if I start to tear up. It's like, no, no, not on my watch. And you push me out of the car. I would never. Let's do one last thing. I look through my girlfriend's phone and I feel bad that I did because we have the trust of not needing to, but I caved in. And when I did look, I found something I'm not comfortable with, but now I'm the bad guy for looking. How do I confront her about it? People are going to get mad at my response to this. Oh, well, they're already angry with me. So take your turn, man. 
Okay, well, here's my turn of the letters being written in. You are the bad person for looking at it. This is this is the equivalence of like, I don't know, pick a vegetable that you don't like and be like, I'm going to go to this garden and boy, I hope I don't see any zucchinis and then getting mad that you see zucchinis. You cannot go actively looking for something knowing you're going to get mad if you find it. And then when you find it, you get mad at it. Or maybe a better example is, Jen, if you ever felt comfortable giving me your house key and I went there when you were not at home and started going through your things and was like, hey, Jen, I saw this thing in your house. Wouldn't you be kind of like, why the fuck did you go into my house without my permission? You made the choice of doing this. Yes, they did a bad thing. Apparently, I don't know what the thing is that you found on their phone, whether it's a picture or like a text message. I don't know. You both stopped having trust in this relationship. So you can definitely bring it to them. But I don't think you really have a moral ground to stand on. Yeah, there it is. Like you have no moral ground, but you can still bring it forward. But like that's like there's obviously a reason he looked. Mm -hmm. There's a reason he looked. This is this is the thing about people that do this is that there's something else going on that forced you to actually go and look. There was a breakdown in either communication yeah, or happened. trust somewhere along the way. Something happened um, for sure. That that you decided like, well, I have to do this. For sure. Yeah. So you have an uncomfortable conversation where both of you get to be the asshole. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. We wish you the best of luck. Please write in and let us know how it went. As always, we welcome your questions to the fishbowl. You can visit our website, somebody date Jen and Kyle. That's jenn.com. And you'll see a giant fishbowl there and just submit your questions. You can submit them with your name or anonymously. As you can tell, we really do a good job of trying to keep some ambiguity in the questions that you're asking. You can also ask your questions or reach us on our social channels, which are at somebody date. And you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Kyle. It's been a pleasure this Friday. You're looking mm -hmm. great. You're looking great. Thanks. Thanks for being with here as we reclimate from that savage attempt that I did at crying. I apologize. I feel lots of shame. We'll be taking a 27-week hiatus now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. We'll see you next week for more unqualified advice on Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. In the meantime, you guys, seriously, be safe out there, okay? And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.